Hi, it's Mark Bittman. Welcome to Food. As always, you can reach us at food at markbittman.com, and we'd love to hear from you questions, suggestions, compliments, criticisms, whatever. Please subscribe to the podcast and rate us. Say wonderful things about us. Tell your friends. Um, There's some great upcoming guests, and as you know, we've had some great guests in the past. Also, encourage you to subscribe to and check out our newsletter, The Bitman Project, which you can find at bitmanproject.com or at markbitman.com, where you can find all this stuff and more. Okay, back in a sec. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com We're all drinking more water these days and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code BITMAN, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? 
a tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out. I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Today we have two special guests, Karen Washington and Olivia Watkins. Karen, a native New Yorker, a farmer, activist, the founder of Black Urban Growers, and with Olivia, our other guest, the co-founder of the Black Farmer Fund, which is what we're going to talk about. Karen, it should be said, is one of the most important figures in sustainable and regenerative farming in the Northeast, and especially among Black people and other people of color. Um, She's been active in the Bronx in Orange County and elsewhere in our region, that is my region, for decades. Olivia, who specifically returned to school in order to gain the skills and knowledge she needed to help start the Black Farmer Fund, was recognized on the Forbes 2021 30 Under 30 Social Impact List and on the Grist 50. It's been seven years now that she has been financing, developing, and operating environmental and social projects across the U.S. And... We are here, as I said, to talk about the Black Farmer Fund, which was built as an investment vehicle to provide capital for black farmers in New York State, but which will grow, as you'll hear. So it's an interesting conversation, and I am joined today, my co-host is Kathleen Finley, who runs the Glenwood Center for Regional Food and Farming, which is where I live, because Kathleen is also my partner, my life partner, not my business partner. So... It's an interesting group. Kathleen knows both of these women well. I know them a bit. It's a great conversation and one I think you'll enjoy. We thought we'd start by asking you your stories and what led you to start Black Farmer Fund. Yeah, and I know more of Karen's story. So I'd love Olivia to hear, to start with you, because I know one of the times we talked, you were getting a master's degree to be able to um, pass along some of the finance skills that you've been studying and into this work now. So we'd just love to hear, but your whole story, like, how'd you get here? Well, I feel like we should start with Karen because Karen, like, brought me into this. So maybe you can start with, like, what, you know, kind of the leading up points to that meeting, that, like, first meeting that we had with everybody. Well, I think, it, um, to be honest with you, if you really want, if this is a conversation, I think Marcus started with you, you know, <laughs> if you want to really get down to how it started is what happened at Stone Barns and um, how um, we as Black folks needed to have a discussion about amongst ourselves, especially 
when we are in conferences or in white spaces and don't feel that we're being represented or heard. And so we commandeered part of a library at Stone Barns and we got together as Black folks just to talk about Black people in general, you know, as you know, uh, again, how are we being seen in the food world? Um, why is it that, you know, we go to these conferences and we're not um, represented in a manner that should be, you know, our voices are not heard. And um, we were always thinking about ways to fix things. And so, you know, I brought up the conversation about, well, we need to talk about, you know, our finance, uh, our wealth in, in the food system. Let's start with that. You know, people talk about land. Let's talk about the wealth that we have as Black folks within, not only in the food system, but in general. And so, um, you know, we're thinking about ideas, we're throwing about, you know, we need to think about financial education and investment. And so, um, you know, we're talking about maybe starting some sort of investment fund. And so I just put it out there and this young person <laughs> stood up and said, you know what, this is something that I'm thinking about. I want to do this. I'm going to school for it. And so I reached out and I said, so who are you? And so the person says, I'm, I'm Livia Watkins. And so, you know, I'm interested in, in starting, you know, a fund. I'm interested in business. And so I said, you know, let's exchange phone numbers and, and information. And so Olivia and I started just talking, you know, and started reaching out to people that we knew to sort of have an idea about what that would look like. And so um, I'm going to end there because uh, Olivia, you can take it the rest of the way, but I thought that is, was very important. So, Mark, you should be uh, someone that you started this whole thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Olivia, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and so at, like, yeah, out of those conversations, we started having different conversations with a lot of lawyers because it was very, the space was very new to us, and we did tons of research. But it was clear, you know, when we first met Karen and I, that people were asking for a financial institution that they could trust. And so we were trying to figure out what the best vehicle was for that. Um, and we landed on creating a, a nonprofit community investment fund. So it would allow us to do, you know, different programming around building relationships and like transcending the more transactional sides of the investment work. But then it would also allow us to invest in a non-extractive way. Um, the fund is not for profit, so individuals aren't benefiting out of the fund. And you know, it's something that is we we knew like aligned aligned well with some of the some of the asks. So yeah, that was um, you know leading into that. That was 2018, and so over the past several years, we've been um, building out this entity and. Um, we now have 10 people in on in the organization who are working on the fund and we deployed some capital already and we're raising a new fund and um, have done lots of community relationship building work and advocacy work. So it's definitely been um, quite the journey. I want to hear more about what you're doing, you know, now and in the near term, but take me back a little bit, like Olivia, what what made you raise your hand? Have you been in the farming world in New York, been frustrated by some of the things that Karen mentioned? Like, give us a little bit of your background that led up to that moment. 
Yeah. So what, at that time when I had met Karen, I was um, I was also stewarding land in my family down in North Carolina, and I was you know, going through the process myself of trying to access capital for different projects on the land. And it was just really hard. The current institutions charge really high interest rates or, you know, I I wasn't what they expected a farmer to be doing or to look like. And so a lot of people were confused. And a lot of the pre-existing grant opportunities that are out there were really small amounts, like five, $10,000. Farms are very capital-intensive business, you know, where you need significant amounts of money. And that was just not realistic for me at that time. So, yeah, I knew that I wanted to be involved outside of just my land stewardship role in the food space. And so that's when I decided to go back to school to learn more about finance and business and things like that to be able to figure out how I can contribute to the gaps that were in the food justice movement around being able to move capital. So, right. Yeah. You were experiencing all of those challenges that you're helping to hopefully solve for some folks now. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, some of this may be obvious to some people, but not to others. So I just want to back up one second and say, could you talk for a minute about specific special challenges facing black farmers and then what the goals of the fund are to start to try to remedy those? Yeah, Mama Carrie, you want to talk about like what you've seen and then I can talk about the organization? Yeah, so I think it really started because we started to look at, like Olivia said, look at Black farmers and businesses with access to capital land and found out, you know, we started at New York State. Um, so we started to look within New York State and looked at the census, which we always do, and um saw that out of 57,000 white farmers, only 139 were Black. Wow. Can you say that one more time? 57,057,000 white farmers and 139 are Black. Yeah. And so, and even in comparison to how much money white farmers make versus Black farmers and Black people in general, it's it's at least more than 10 to 20% more in terms of income. And even nationally, Black farmers own only 1% of farmland. Mm. And so this was hard to take. This was hard to take, especially when people were talking about food justice and food sovereignty, you know, all those sort of things that were coming up regenerative, you know, all those sort of things that were coming up and no one was talking about us, you know, was talking about us, you know, where, where was our piece of the pie? And so I think um, we opened Pandora's box in saying that, trying to meet with the uh, secretary of agriculture, Richard Ball, you know, and telling him, look, you know, you are the commissioner of all the farmers. So just think, think of that. You're the commissioner of all the farmers and think of it as your flock. And so you commissioner, you have this flock of farmers and less than 1%, maybe less than 0.1% are not getting the resources that they're needed. And where is the outrage? You know, where is the outrage? And so I think for us, uh, we started to say that this food system is not for us, 
or it's not biased. And so if we're going to wait for the knight in shiny armor and we're going to wait for capital to fall from the sky, we already know the negativity and the racial injustice when it came to the USDA in the past when it came to working with Black farmers. This is something that we have to do on our own. And so we started to like gather our community, you know, people that we knew to sit down and figure out a structure that would be for us and by us. I'm going to hand over to, to, to Olive because uh, Olive and her team have been instrumental in building a system that has our voices, has our, our faces, and then it also has the intention and the voices of the community, a community-led fund, unheard of, unheard of um, in the world that we, we live in, in the agricultural system that we're, we're in right now. Yeah, because there's we're trying to address issues of power in the food system, as well as just generally increasing the presence of Black people being able to build wealth within the food system, like across the food system. We knew that we needed to have an investment committee that was community governed. So the investment committee for people who are listening that are not aware of what their role is, their role is incredibly instrumental to the fund because those are the people that make the decisions around who gets money and how much and what the structure looks like. And it was important for us to make sure that there are people who um, are from the community that we are trying to redirect capital into a part of the decision-making process. So there's not only the shifting money part, but then there's also the shifting power. So we have farmers on the investment committee. We have food business owners. We have organizers. And those folks are really like the key. We take direction from them in terms of how money is being distributed. And the outcomes of that have been great because we have such a, a wide a range of businesses that we invest in that might not have typically been considered if you were standing outside of the community. But because these folks understand some of the nuance of, you know, the Black agriculture community, we're able to tap into, you know, being able to invest in some of the businesses that are often overlooked. And so, you know, that investment work is the main kind of core of what we do. And we couple that with technical assistance. So money is just one foot in the door and making sure that these farmers aren't living in economic isolation, that they have networks and resources to support them has been a, also a huge part that we've been developing out over the past year. And then we also really like to collaborate with other organizations. So we work with Northeast Farmers of Color. They uh, We do a lot of technical assistance work with them, um, and they have supported some of the investees that we have with accessing land. And so we really look to them around kind of the land piece. And, um, you know, we just generally like to be in solidarity with other organizations that are in the broader food justice movement. We just see ourselves as one part of this broader movement. So, you know, we we take kind of the lead from our community around how decisions should be made and how decisions should be made. And, and that's really kind of what make, makes us and differentiates us from other funds. So you've raised over a million dollars. Is that to have that right? So in our in our pilot fund, we raised um, about 1.1 million, and um, we've deployed a significant amount of that already across eight businesses. 
And um, we just launched a new fund, which is 20 million. Wow. Um, wow. And so we're excited to just continue to write large checks to farmers. There's not large checks are not being distributed into farming communities of color right now. It's just not a thing. And so we're really excited to do that because people can get their full needs met. So that was, you know, something that I had experienced um, when I was a farmer is the need to turn into a fundraiser and like an investor relations person where I was managing, you know, multiple grants and, you know, talking to investors. And um, we try to be an intermediary and, and sort of a buffer to any of that work. And um, we deal with that while our you know, community can be able to focus on doing what they love. And are the investments purely philanthropic or are folks getting any sort of return on that investment just for potential folks that might be interested in contributing to the fund? Yeah. So we use an integrated capital model. So we give people grants and loans and that has been really great because each different type of capital um, has, you know, a, a best or optimal use. So a lot of people will use the loans for equipment and then grants for either recuperating losses or starting new projects, um, you know, paying themselves while they do the work. And so in turn, we uh, we solicit notes, um, debt investment from investors. And then we also solicit grants and donations from, from investors. And um, the investment is along the spectrum of impact investing. Um, I would say it's more impact on the impact side of that. So, you know, we are following a model um, that many other funds that are in this impact investing space use where we um, really look for investors who are um, interested in the impact first um, before returns. But for the notes, we do generate a small return for investors. Got it. We will be back in just a minute. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? 
Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. A lot of this sounds like the role that USDA has traditionally played for mostly white farmers, right? Making low-interest loans, investing in equipment, helping people figure out how to do finances on their farms, et cetera, et Technical cetera. Technical assistance. Technical assistance, all of that stuff, right? 
Yes. And, you know, we, I mean, Mama Karen, maybe you'd know, but I don't know any farmer that we either work with now or would like to work with or know who has been able to successfully get financing from USDA. It's Listen to me. Everyone knows the backstory with the USDA and its relationship to Black farmers. There's still trauma there, you know. And one thing I would say is that, you know, what the fund does is build community, community trust. As Black farmers and Black people, we go into the bank. The first thing they want to know is your credit. You know, it's like not even hello. Okay, hello. We need to see your credit. Instead of for us, it's like, how can we help you? You know, and if you do have bad credit, how can we help you with that credit? How can we help you understand uh, financial education, how to invest, how to save, you know, how to be profitable? Those are conversations that we have with our community. You think the USDA has that sort of connection? You think a bank has that sort of connection? They don't have that sort of connection. And so for us, it's about building trust within our community and holding on to that trust. And one thing about the fund that is so significant, it's not about, okay, we're going to make loans and we're going to make grants and that's it. This is a journey. They're family. We're going to make sure that not only are they going to be with us during the loan or grant period, but they're in their they're, they're community now, you know, and, and what we want in return from them is what the experience that they have learned by participating in the Black Farmer Fund, they can too be mentors to the next group of farmers or businesses that, again, are looking for finance, help. And so, again, you know, we we know what the trauma is. We know what the hurt has always been. And we want to not replicate that, but do something totally different so that these businesses become part of our community, which is really, really important. Yeah, we have two people right now on our investment committee who receive funding from us already. And we're really excited about that because they want to be able to continue to improve our process and give the organization insight into how we can improve our process since they actually went through it. But they also were looking for ways to give back to the Black Ag community. And because they had that insight, being able to you know, be a decision maker was, was um, a level of mentorship and accountability that people were excited to give. So, Paint a picture of some of the farmer food businesses that you've supported already. Yeah, so we, it's a wide spectrum. So there are um, folks who are livestock farmers. Um, we work with a 55 member Muslim cooperative that does halal meat. We work with someone who's in, uh, who has an herbal education program and all the profits from that goes into subsidizing a community garden. We work with a value added company that does um, CBD-based uh, products for um, for health and well-being um, and a lot of other herbal remedies and sources from farmers. Um, so it's a, it's a wide, wide range of the different types of people that we work with. But the things that are, you know, common amongst all those folks is that they're really interested in investing in their communities, through their businesses. They're interested in building wealth you know, for, for the community outside of their families. And they're making us a high impact um, around community wealth building and also around ecological well-being. Where do you look to get to in 10 years, 20 years, 
down the road? What's the future of this look like? Is it is it are we looking are you looking to model something completely different? Are you looking to push government into doing what its job actually is? Both? What are you thinking longer term? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think in the 10-year time horizon, we're really interested in being able to see our work manifest to create networked resource and autonomous Black food systems in the Northeast. That's really our main goal. And also, as we do that, you know, internally in the organization and externally, being able to liberate ourselves from oppressive structures, systems, traumas that, you know, Black people have experienced for BFF staff and also our community. And allowing people to continue to define on their own terms what value creation looks like um, in the food system and really investing in in self-determination and seeing the value in all different types of food businesses, no matter what they look like. We would love to, uh, we think our model works best, you know, on a regional or, or local level. So we would love to support other regions with replicating our model and, you know, adjusting it to what works best for them. And, you know, we're going to continue to hold um, some of the institutions that have systemic discrimination within them accountable through supporting um, our farmers with filing complaints, you know, continuing to stay in contact and share about, you know, what we're seeing and, you know, continue to do our work of creating an alternative reality for our farmers to exist in within the financial system of of ag finance, but definitely holding others accountable. Great answer, Olivia. Yeah, <laughs> so great and exciting. And are you in conversations with other regions that are interested in replicating the model? Not yet, but we've had a couple of conversations, you know, sharing out our model with different regions and also internationally. We talked to a community in the UK last year or two years ago. Um, time is time is bending. But um, yeah, no one has yet said, like, we want to replicate. But I think that's also, too, we need to still, we're still fairly new in, you know, our organization. And we've only done one fund. We would love to to have another fund underneath our belt and, you know, continue to document our work and lessons learned and, you know, collect feedback from our investees and our investment committee before really laying out, like, a more robust program of helping people replicate. Yeah, it's so exciting. And, we can, and it, I know some other efforts like the Black Chamber of Commerce work and other efforts to, to move capital into the Black communities. But the food piece, I think, really lends itself to just what both of you are saying, that community building and health and stewardship of the land in a way that other systems have a harder time touching. And I guess my question is, how do you, what are other ways that you're building community besides just moving the resources? Like, are you coming together in ways? Are you celebrating? Are you encouraging folks to run for office? Like, what are some of the sort of unanticipated outcomes of this work that you've started? Well, we've been really intentional about gathering people. So for any Black folks who are in the food system, we have community work days each summer where we travel around to all the different investees and bring a whole group of people to support with any tasks that might, you know, either take them months to complete or 
you know, they need like a, a whole group of 10 people to complete. Um, and so that's like a really great way to build relationship over the act of doing labor and work together and sharing a meal together. Um, we have an abundance festival at the end of each year. Uh, last year we had it on Mama Karen's farm. I don't know if you want to share about that. It was awesome. It was awesome because first of all, the celebration of abundance, which was spectacular. And we invited all the investors as well as the farmers and partnerships and uh, that we've developed. And it was excellent. We had Chef Mavis J just do, you know, do her thing. And um, it was, it was, it was a way of celebrating. We danced, we sang, we hands on the land. It's hands on the land. And so, um, and I think each year, I think uh, the group will look forward to that expanding, expanding, because it is about celebration and abundance. Is there anything else you want to you wanna add? Anything else you want to elaborate on? I just want to say that I'm so proud of Olive and her team of being a risk taker, um, having a dream and seeing it through. A lot of people thought that this would never happen, um, especially, you know, um, the fact that you don't see black funds, you know, um, flourishing or even ha- the idea of having a black fund that is started by and maintained and built by black women initially. So um, to see it grow, uh, to see the interest and to not be beholden to government funding, um, which I'm so proud that. Olive sent a note to the state that want to um, give us loans. And Olive said, no loans. You want to give us grants? Fine. But no, we're not going to be. Because I think some, I think sometimes people want to latch onto us so that they can say, oh, so here we are helping Black Supporting, right. in essence. Yeah, that's Really? No, it's not happening. So I was so proud to see that email. Uh, that she said, uh, thank you, but no thank you. You want to give us grants, fine. You're not giving us loans. We're, we're already doing loans. So why would we need your loans? Yeah. And yeah, just in the spirit of, you know, thinking about like, we don't really think about our work through a reparations framework because we are giving, you know, giving out loans and expecting people to pay it back. But I think, you know, one of our colleagues, Mark Watson, who's creating a fund potlicker capital has coined the term reparative capital around, you know, investors supporting, you know, us and in turn the, you know, the Black farming community with capital that's going to repair some of the harm. And, um, you know, when you think about some of the governmental agencies or state agencies, like they are, they have been the main culprits of that. And so, you know, that we would allow that part to continue to perpetuate by taking, you know, notes from the government, essentially, and paying back the government that that owes a lot of people, a lot of things. It's um, been a great journey as well to be able to embody our values and say no to certain funding, um, you know, that doesn't work well. And I, I see a lot of organizations doing that, you know, especially now as there's kind of this shift that's happening in philanthropy and in, in the funding world around really putting the power into the hands of the organizations doing the work. So, First of all, I think that phrase, reparative capital, a reparative funding is really smart because yeah. it gets away from that 
from that word reparation, which is just like explodes people's heads. Not that it's not the right word, but this is a, a nice adjustment to it. Anyway, super inspiring. I won't speak for Kathleen. It's just, it's, it's really inspiring. So thank you for coming on and thank you for doing this work. But you. Th- yeah, I mean, I just echoing that and what Karen was saying. I mean, just to watch the growth and fierceness and dedication you know, and was so privileged to be part of just hear about the very, very little idea and then to see it just flourish. It's just awesome. And that doesn't always happen. And that's, I think, you both and what you bring to this um, is a lot of the reason why that's happening. So awesome. Yeah. We forgot and to include you in the origin story. That's right. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I just uh, cheered you on. That's what, that was my role and, and, and continue to do so. So, so awesome. And, you know, what I want to just give you an opportunity, there's hopefully going to be a ton of listeners that are going to hear this about this great work. And um, we'll certainly make sure that there's a link, but I heard loud and clear, Olive, say that you're starting a new fund and that you're looking for investors. So um, there's a way to engage and let, you know, now would be a good time to help people know sort of other ways that, that they could engage or support the work that you're doing. Yeah, I think the the biggest way right now is because of this new fund, we are, um, we're open for investment and um, people can, you know, reach out at invest at blackfarmerfund.com for information. But also, too, you know, we've been really intentional about increasing our communications presence. And so following our newsletter, which you can follow on our website, blackfarmerfund.org. And we share a lot uh, with our community and um, we'll have um, notices about different skill shares that we'll have with fo- for folks. Um, the Abundance Festival, people want to attend in uh, the fall. Um, and just other news about, you know, the portfolio companies that we're working with, um, I think is the best way to keep in touch with us and, and follow along the journey. Blackfarmersfund.org, right? Blackfarmerfund.org. Farmer, Farmer, not farmers. You guys are awesome. And um, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having us. Thanks again. Okay. Great to see you Bye. both. Bye. 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 I was really inspired by that conversation and left feeling, if not optimistic, then hopeful. But um, this is such great work these women are doing, and it is going to grow and become even greater. So thank you so much to Olivia and Karen for sharing their wisdom and experience with us today. And thank you, of course, to my partner, Kathleen Finley, for co-hosting today's episode and for bringing so much to it. Uh, thanks to Kate Bittman, our producer and regular co-host, and thanks, as usual, to our engineer, Davis Lloyd. Please visit blackfarmerfund.org to see about how you can donate or invest. You can also follow the organization on Instagram and Twitter at Black Farmer Fund, and follow Karen on Instagram at carewasher, K-A-R-W-A-S-H-E-R, and at Ryzen Root Farm. Thank you for joining us. As always, please email us, subscribe to the podcast, let us know what you think, and we will see you next week when we will have somebody awesome. Thanks again. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.